0: What does flow mean to you? Flow is a state of mind, a state in which a person becomes fully immersed in an effortless and continuous progression. To me, the ultimate goal in jujitsu is finding that perfect role with perfect and effortless flow. I'm Professor Hayden Martz, and this is the Flow BJJ Podcast. Hey guys, Professor Hayden here. I wanted to take a second to go over the Flow Sub Only sponsors and uh, thank them for all that they do for us. First up is First National Bank. We do all of our banking and business with them. If you are in the Midcoast, Maine area, or really anywhere in Southern Maine, definitely worth checking them out. Huge thank you to them. Thank you to Charles Schwab. If you're looking for an investor, a great company to use. Uh, i can set you up specifically with one of their brokers who does an awesome job thank you to foot and ankle associates of maine they did my most recent uh, ankle surgery and they were absolutely amazing they are phenomenal they took phenomenal care of me and the results were uh, amazing epic roll bjj they are the official gear company of flow brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, a huge thank you to them. Awesome gear. Definitely check them out as well. Thank you to GymDesk. They are an amazing uh, gym software company. Uh, they manage all of your membership dues, promotion schedules, websites, new members, everything that you need to do to operate a gym. Uh, they take a lot of the legwork out. Phenomenal system. Highly recommend them. Roll Junkie, another gear sponsor. They actually just sent me a care package. I tried the uh, no-gi gear on last night. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Very, very high quality. Highly recommend them as well. I'll definitely be buying uh, some more gear from them. Flow Kimonos, they're a company that we've been using for a long time for kids and adult geese. They have super light, super comfortable geese. Uh, I really, really like their kids' skis. When you're a little kid, skis are not comfortable, and they have managed to create a comfortable gee for kids, which I really, really appreciate. Digital Rx Consulting. Uh, if you are in the automotive, marine industry, anything along those lines, or just marketing in general, search engine optimization... Uh, website design, uh, any type of online digital marketing. Uh, Nick from DigitalRx is phenomenal. Just message me and I can certainly hook you up with him. He's, he's great. Jay's Barbershop. Thank you to Jay. Phenomenal place. Highly recommend if you're in the Brunswick Bath area. Definitely check him out. Maritime Energy. They keep flow warm in the winter and cool in the summer. A uh, huge thank you to them for Heating Oil Propane Company. Massage by the Sea is phenomenal. If you are in mid-coast Maine, definitely check her out. They do an amazing job. First time is $59 for an hour massage, and it's phenomenal. Um, and then prices are super reasonable after that. Highly, highly recommend her as well. Spine by Design, chiropractic in uh, Rockland, Maine. Both uh, my wife and my daughter spend a significant amount of time there and only the best things to say about them. Muzzy Ridge Electric, Tom, one of my Purple Belt students, phenomenal guy, just had him do some electrical work at my house. And everything was done on time, efficiently, clean work. Um, very, very good. I highly recommend Tom as well. Uh, lastly, Key Auto Group. They're a auto group with 26 dealers on the up and down the East Coast. Automotive needs, anything like that, definitely check them out as well. Hello and welcome to the Flow BJJ podcast. Today I have Haley and Aiden with me. We're going to do a grappling industries recap from last week for uh, Team Flow BJJ. And then we're going to discuss longevity in BJJ. Top 10, and actually I wrote down 11 ways to maintain longevity in Jiu Jitsu because it's not easy. It's a combat sport, and injuries are going to happen. So, how are you doing, guys? Great. How's it going? Do i'm
1: doing good how are you
0: <laughs> loving it all right so let's uh let's do the grappling industries recap and then we'll get into uh maintaining longevity in jujitsu let me just tell you about my day first <laughs> and then we'll get into some of the matches night before grappling industries was who was number one amazing card but a very late card. Late yeah, card. I did not watch it that <laughs> night.
1: I went to bed. Nine I o'clock did.
0: start. I did. I could not stop watching it. <laughs> Gordon Ryan Jacob Couch was the main event, and it was phenomenal. Gordon's so much better than everybody else. It's not even close. It's really not close. Yeah, not even a little bit. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how if anyone can close the gap for ADCCs. It's oh. so
2: funny listening to the uh, the commentators try to uh, make it sound like his opponents have a chance. Yeah. And they just know in the back of their head,
0: they don't have a there's, damn chance. There's <laughs> there is chance. no chance. No chance. Um, so I watched Who's Number One until about midnight. Went to bed. It's a three hour drive to Grappling Industries, by the way. We had to be there at 7.45 to weigh in for the absolute division. Thank you, Haley.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And
0: so we got up at, uh, I believe I got up at four. So went to bed at midnight, got up at four, three-hour drive to Grappling Industries, got there at 7.45 with a stop or two. And... We had, what, eight competitors, I believe? Two kids and six adults.
1: Yeah, I had two students uh, who, meaning, teach weekly um, Lila and Reese, and we'll... phenomenal kids. Yeah, both yeah. are very, very talented.
2: Super hard workers.
0: And they did amazing, too. The thing I like about competition is that you can have success, but still come away with stuff that you need to work mm-hmm. on. And you, know? you can have complete
2: failure, but at, at least feel like you made improve, like you uh, demonstrated mm-hmm. your improvements, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Before we get into the adults, the, the best part of, uh, for me, for the kids, I did not coach. I coached Reese once, I think, and you coached Reese most of the time, yeah. but you coached Lila through most of her matches. Yeah,
1: Lila had uh, her gi division. She only had two other people in it. Um, she didn't get a point scored on her in her G e division. She did lose by decision. Um, zero
0: zero decision. Yeah,
1: zero zero decision. The kid pulled guard and just seemed more dominant, like more controlling of the head. Lila couldn't open the guard, um, but then she destroyed her. That's a tough other matchup, match.
0: though. Lila's a new gray and white belt. This kid's a gray and black belt. Yeah. Um, clearly bigger, stronger, more experience. And a male versus a female, mm-hmm. and to go to a zero-zero ref's decision, I was I was still thrilled with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. impressive, so yeah. impressive. Yeah.
1: And then her second opponent, she just did what she normally does in the gym, which is uh, dominate all mm-hmm. the matches. She got to takedown. She got to the back. She actually got the tap ref didn't see it and I was like don't stop until the ref stops but <laughs> she like she let go and she literally said out loud and it's on video she's like he tapped and I'm like I don't care <laughs> keep going <laughs> and then she got the tap a second time which I've had to do that before too so <laughs> I'm like, I understand so she
0: must have went like seven or eight and two or something yeah she like
1: went that. she went five and two um so she won went one and one her gi e division and then her no-gi division um, was a lot bigger than her gi one. And they. It's important, it's important to note that they bumped her up weight class. She's 115. They bumped her up to 125 with boys. So there was only one other girl who was actually in her affiliation. Um, she went against a girl from Paradigm. From Paradigm, yeah. And there, she was the only...
0: That was a fun match to
1: watch. Yeah, that was that was really fun. Um, Definitely... I wish she w- they could train with each other all the time. That's, Me too. <laughs> but they can't. Um,
0: Paradigm's such a such a great school. Yeah, definitely. It really is. Great people. Yep. Yeah. I talked to uh, Professor Joey probably for twenty five minutes before the event started. I mean,
1: I, I walked past them and they just hug you right as you yeah. <laughs> right as you walk by. Joey's like, come High here. High energy <laughs> like, and
2: so so really nice. Really fun.
0: Yeah. The um, the f- Ability to be part of that association is just so amazing on all levels. Whether it's ECI or seeing people at grappling industries or 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 visiting Ocean County, like it's it's really neat. So the the story I wanted to tell. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but um, Lila had had completed all of her matches. Or what we thought were all of her matches. Yeah. I was I was over at the uh, uh, corner where we had all our all of our stuff setting down, getting a a drink of water, and I was the only one over there. And Lila came running over, and she, with like deer in the headlights look <laughs> in her face, and she goes, "I have another match, and I don't know where Haley is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no problem, I got you, let's go, we got this So I went over and, and coached her And obviously she won in typical Lila-dominant fashion yes. But but it was really funny to see Lila's, uh, what, 12? Mm-hmm. and And she's a killer, don't get me wrong But to see her like... You, as her main coach, mm-hmm. you know, she was she was looking for you. And I'm like, no problem. I got this. I've coached a few people I mean, before. <laughs> I, I thought I, I
1: double checked and triple checked. I, I looked on my phone and I was like, okay, th- I think that's all your matches. And I think you got silver or something <laughs> like that. And uh, she actually had one more match, just the way they did the bracketing or however that tournament works. Yep. Um, she only lost one match in that entire division to the guy who got gold. So
0: yeah. No, she she did great. It was really great. So Reese and Lila were our two uh, kids' competitors. Reese did awesome as well, <laughs> uh, as usual. And uh, I think he got a bronze. He got a
1: bronze in the no-gi division. Yep. And Lila got a silver in the gi and a bronze in no-gi.
0: Nice. So for the, for the adults, anything in particular stand out to you, Aiden?
2: <laughs> for the adults, yes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> James in particular, yeah. But even more particular than that was James's nogi uh, matches, Very where yeah. for the first three, I think it was, he he took the guy down, he took him out, and took their back and and rear naked choked them as as soon as as soon as he took the back, and he did it picture perfect. Three in a row. And that's the focus that you'd like to see in a competitor. Yep. It was fantastic to see. And On he his, didn't he didn't so, even win that division. So let me
0: tell you something, and this is not to give myself credit by any means, but there are two or three people that about a month before the competition I went to, I feel like Eric and Sandy and a couple other people, and I said, James has made – insane progress lately yeah. and there's I see something I can't describe it, but his ability to train with more skilled training partners in the gym who are much bigger than he is and endure suffering for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, under mount and under side control and having his back taken and never quit. Not even once. I I said He's going to do very, very well. That kid will go until he pukes. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Literally. He did puke at the tournament, (laughs) just so everyone knows. Here's the thing.
0: (laughs) Most people that don't remember, you know, James has been training for about 10 months, I think he told me. About three months into training, he did his first competition. And I'm sorry, James, but (laughs) he lost, I think he went maybe 0-10, right? But that's all experience points. Yeah, you know. Like mm-hmm. he came in he came in this time. He won silver in a 12 to 15 man giant bracket. brackets. Right. And he looked phenomenal. His key looked phenomenal as mm-hmm. well, honestly.
1: I mean, he he cut the weight without complaining. He showed up on time. He he puts in the work. The, the dude max, has no complaints he max, ever. He maximizes his training when he's there. He's one of my favorite training partners to go with because he, he like, is a little bit smaller in size but stronger than me in strength to where it's almost, like, a perfect role for me. And love wrestling him. And I think that he's improved immensely since.
0: You know, we, we talked about in our last episode about uh, how to be a good training partner. Like... James is a white belt. Don't get me wrong. He's got plenty of stuff to work on. But he is a solid training partner for people that are smaller than him. He's a solid training partner for the big, strong white and blue belts as well. Mm -hmm. And you can't teach that to somebody. They have to be able to do it without questioning it. And that's, he's safe to train with. You can put him with. Females and be okay. You can put him with 200 pound blue belts and he'll be fine. He just works hard, and I hope he listens to this episode because we're giving him some serious (laughs) kudos for sure. Proud of him though, for sure. So, who else? Uh, who else comes to mind? Gabe was an absolute killer. Oh, as well,
2: his he just looks so, uh, like. All right, we were talking about ex- explosiveness in our last episode. And 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 sometimes that's a problem for Gabe. But man, during that competition, his his explosiveness was so pinpoint and calculated and it was just so amazing to see him just chaining between side control, super strong, snaps down into it. Neon Belly super strong, just like Launching into these positions, looking so pinpoint accurate going going through these positions, it was so awesome to see. And
1: I mean, some people crumble under pressure, but I think Gabe, like... Thrives under Yeah, thrives oh, yeah, under pressure. Absolutely.
2: Gets him going. And he...
1: He gets hyped. Let me
0: tell you, he... So James fights at 135. Gabe fights at 145. The, those two could have easily taken the easy route and fought at 145 and 155, Mm -hmm. but they ground out the weight cut, they did everything they were supposed to do, and they fought in those divisions, and guess what? They looked physically stronger and faster than their competitors, in addition to their jujitsu, but that sets you up for success. Like, the hard work of being big in your weight division, like, that matters, man. It
1: does. I can uh, attest to this. It, it definitely matters. As somebody who, like, throughout, after, like, COVID, when they finally opened up the tournaments again and they started doing them again, for females, it's, like, 165 is the cutoff. And at that time, I was, I was not doing too good <laughs> after COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I gained weight, and I, I wasn't very – I wasn't at my uh, my, I don't know. Ideal. Yeah, ideal weight class or ideal – Anything, and I was fighting above 165, like 165 two. However much you weigh, and I had an opponent who was probably 250 yeah. pounds. And I, although I was technically better, I like lost horribly, you know. And that's one of the main. It's a. It's like, a good reality check, though. Like yeah. You
0: know, to to be, uh, especially if you're going to compete, like full time or whenever a competition is available Mm -hmm. to you if you're gonna compete, you need to compete in the weight class you're gonna be in. If you're gonna compete once a year or twice a year just to like keep yourself sharp, you can compete wherever you want. But if you're like James or Gabe or Haley or Meg, you've gotta compete where you should be, you know. Gives you a control.
1: And also you shouldn't you shouldn't have to cut excessive amounts of weight to make that bracket for example like yeah like you like you should um if you if you want to be at a certain weight class which i've done this personally like diet like dieting and putting in the work so you don't have to go through a horrific weight cut weight cut you know?
0: Well, you shouldn't. You know, it's it's the same day weigh yeah. in in jitsu It's not like a UFC fight mm-hmm. where you weigh in the day before and then rehydrate twenty five pounds. No, this is the same morning weigh in. You're going to be competing an hour later. You don't you know, get recovery time. You cut three three or four pounds. You know, but it's not wise to to make that a habit and cut a lot more than that. You know, and just like the saying is stay ready so you don't have to get ready Mm -hmm. you know just be ready that's all
1: like at the start of the wrestling season i was like a little bit under 170 and um my i wanted to compete at girl states and for girl states it's either like 160 or 182 so i'm like okay (laughs) not going 182 so throughout the season getting in shape and dieting it makes all the difference so that when you go and you're competing that day you're not extremely dehydrated and fatigued and well, you're
0: also in shape it's not yeah, just exactly. the yeah. way it's being in shape and having yeah. good cardio and all that stuff too
2: it's so. one thing if you're at your absolute best say five pounds over a weight class right but if you're 15 pounds over because you're super out of shape and you think i, I need these 15 pounds off to get to this weight class because i'm this out of shape then well Maybe reconsider what's going
0: on. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, again, it depends what your goals are. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you want to just test out yourself once Mm -hmm. a year, just go. don't try to like get in shape. Yes. But don't try to do a weight cut. Yeah. Like it's not necessary. Um, Just compete where you're at and see where you're at and you'll know after like wow, every single guy in my division felt stronger than me Mm -hmm. or every single guy, his frame was way bigger than me. Mm -hmm. I need to be at whatever weight. That's fine. Um, One thing I will say about this particular competition, for me as the the coach of flow and the coach of the competitors, is that I really enjoyed or I really felt uh, validation to see success by someone other than Haley and Meg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if it was subliminal or what, but I, I got to this point where I would second guess myself. Like, are these two girls successful because of me or am I successful because of them? And to finally see, which we've already talked about, James and Gabe just blow everyone out of the water. Like, it was like, okay, what I'm teaching everyone is working. Well, not like, even even if they didn't,
2: uh, even if they only got like, let's say bronze, the percent improvement that they made from their last competition till then is, was like so dramatic. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Particularly like, I think this was Gabe's first competition, but James no, says is the second. Second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. bad. So, yeah.
0: And it's the same thing for Brian. He didn't have the success that some other people had, but in particular, the, the one thing I would take away is that we worked on his ability to turtle when his guard Was not recoverable to avoid points and then to recover guard, Mm -hmm. you know, whether sitting back to half guard or rolling through back to guard or whatever. And there was one match in particular where he turtled effectively six or seven times in one match, avoided 18 or 20 guard passing points, you know, recovered guard. At some point, he did get a sweep, got to out, scored some points, got rolled off and ended up playing guard the rest of the match. But he won 18 to four. And if you don't turtle effectively, like six months ago he was practicing his turtle in competition and every time he turtled his back got taken and mm-hmm. he gave up four instead of the guard pass. Mm-hmm. So it's anyone that wants to put in the work and recognize where they're failing, we can fix that. You know, it's it's not... It's nothing special. We just need to be honest with ourselves about what we need to work on and then go after it. Sorry.
1: ADCC Trials is on the TV and someone just rolled by in a stretcher. So. That's not good. <laughs>
0: Damn. <laughs> so it's all right.
1: But yeah, I and also like to go along with the turtle and like recovering your guard thing. Since we've incorporated drilling into our daily training. and I remember specifically working on that and specifically my dad puts us in the competitors in particular puts in the middle and has people just on top of us smothering us and it's and we get out as fast as we can in particular like preparing for ECI uh rule sets like with, with our backs taken and getting out as fast as we can and I think that's one of the reasons that we were successful is putting ourselves in these horrible positions and Mm -hmm. being able to escape.
0: Well, for me, I can't be out there for you guys, but it's my job to at least put you out there in what I feel is like the most prepared that you could possibly be. And also in looking at the success of Tom's school, I'm going to do my best to emulate that, Mm -hmm. you know, and Tom, we have a private, a private group chat where Tom answers questions and gives recommendations as to how things should be run. And the way he operates his school clearly is very, very effective. So anytime we can easily institute something that he does at his school, we're absolutely gonna do that because, and it shows, we've only been drilling a lot for what, two to three months? Mm -hmm. But there's been drastic improvement. Is it always fun? No. But it's an effective way to make everyone better fast, for sure. All right, guys. So let's talk about longevity in jiu-jitsu. That's enough grappling industry (laughs) talk. We'll be back there, I'm sure, in a month or two. Uh, So first one for me, longevity in jiu-jitsu, is first off, you need to understand when you sign up for jujitsu, understand that j- injuries will happen. At some point, you 100% will get injured. There's no way around
1: it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Meg, in her first competition ever, not to scare any of the competitors out there, but uh, Meg had just won her first she had won a couple matches first her first competition two gold match. medals yeah two gold medals and she was like out there looking for more and she was like okay get me an exhibition match let's go i'm ready her adrenaline's pumping through her, pumping through her veins and uh she ends up getting her arm broken um, snapped in half sn- snapped uh yeah, not yeah. so from an arm bar not the traditional uh Popping of the elbow. No, it
0: was almost like a uh, modified, almost like a mirror lock type submission from like a half guard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was
0: uh, it was not. Good. I mean,
1: the X-ray image is horrific. So <laughs> it was,
0: but she does have a cool like twelve-inch titanium plate I, now. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> She's uh, reinforced, <laughs> but
0: um, no, but not to that extent you know necessarily a a broken bone that requires surgery but you're going to get injured you're going to tear up your fingers or you're going to have a sprained ankle or a jacked up elbow or something and first off you got to recognize that like it's it's going to happen so you need to you need to know that going in mm-hmm. um second on the list and some of these you two guys are you know, young and may not need to do. But anybody who's grappling for a long time, you guys will figure this out. Um, proper recovery routine. You've got to listen to your body and do the proper things to recover. Whether it's yoga or stretching or whatever it might be to uh, to recover.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I think that's. Definitely something that we should start doing. As somebody with some back problems, uh, I think. And
2: she, she may not have, like, certain ligaments in her knees anymore. <laughs> she just has no idea. I,
1: I, at one point, I had this ginormous bruise on my left knee, and uh, it... it was probably one of the most painful things ever. And it's gone now, but there is a bump on the inside of my knee that is still there months later, so I'm not sure.
0: On the opposite end of things, as far as uh, recovery goes, I would say effective warm-up and loosening up prior to training is very, very important as well. You don't want to go into a 100% live sparring situation where... You're not warmed up you're not stretched out i can personally vouch for that i ended up with three surgeries from doing that mm-hmm. so that's a perfect what not to do is to step on the mats with someone who's fully warmed up fully ready to go when you're not ready to go it's, i mean
1: like even a warm-up role like if it's your first role be like you want to flow we, right. we can we can get our bodies moving warm up a In a to. game
2: where a lot of the times you're attacking other people's joints you can only hope <laughs> that they've warmed their joints up right. before
0: battle <laughs> <laughs> Number four pick the right training partners And the right training partners for you might be different than the right training partners for somebody else If you're a 125 pound female you're going to have the, a different set of right training partners than a 220 pound blue belt Mhm,
1: definitely
2: you know the best thing you can do is well, sometimes it's it's really hard but make as much of an effort to train with people that are your size as possible
0: yeah, absolutely i feel like similar size to a certain extent is more important than similar belt rank yep oh. for sure mm-hmm. for sure that one goes out to eric galvez Pick the right training partners. Please, man. Yeah, man. Please. Would you
1: stop picking these 250 pound jack guys that walk in our doors?
0: For those of (laughs) you that don't know Eric, Eric is, I believe, in his mid 50s and approximately 120 pound brown belt, solid leg locker, but he's 120 pounds. You don't need a new 250 pound wrestling giant. Human as a everyday a day in and day payment, <laughs> training partner. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, Nick, we love. Uh, there's you. a lot
0: he can learn from you, but you don't need to do full speed live rounds with that person. That damn Napoleonic syndrome, <laughs> man. All right, n- uh, number five. Be smart about tapping. Check your ego. There's a, <laughs> 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 two big sighs from the the young guys here longevity and jiu-jitsu you guys will get there eventually or you won't one of the two
1: (laughs) we won't make it (laughs) no
0: i feel like you got a shitty heel hook Haley. i can't i can't after that
1: (laughs) not not all of uh
0: (laughs) not all submissions not all injuries are from freak accidents or your training partner being a jerk Mm -hmm. some of them are because you didn't tap in time and you should have.
1: I mean, like, if you're sure. in the training room and your arm is fully extended in an arm lock, I mean, just tap. You're not losing anything. This isn't a competition. It's training.
2: Or uh, don't try to test that out against people you're not comfortable testing that out on. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there are people, I try to do this myself again, with other people. I I'd like to be the guy that will let you have a fully unlocked arm, and, and I'll, I'll let you move around a little bit, right. you know. I but mean, there's people who won't, and that's fine. Right?
1: And I mean because, like, my arm bar is one of my best missions, and I can I can, go for an arm bar and fully extend it without breaking your arm. So, like, if if I fall back on an arm bar, I'm pinching my knees, your arm's extended, I'm not ever going to rip the brake I'm never just ripping your wrist over my <laughs> over my hip to yeah. break your arm. That's that's not my goal. I, I rarely ever even bridge my hips in to get the finish. I just hold your arm there until you're like, okay, I'm stuck.
2: <laughs> if you two can't look each other in the eyes and have the other person nod that you <laughs> have gotten the submission, then you probably shouldn't even take the submission at all. Because yeah. it, it, you should be able to control someone before you submit them. Right.
0: Well, I feel like
1: especially on leg locks, guys. Like, let's not rip each other's knees apart. You know, joints.
0: Well, there's a difference between knowing what the escape is and you're actively trying to escape versus being frozen, having your joint fully locked out, and you're just deciding not to tap because you're going to wait and see how long it goes. And
1: and the last thing you want to do is explode in the wrong direction as well. Mm-hmm. You, you'll end up tearing your own yeah. ligaments, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Number six, which kind of fits in with number five, but we're not even talking about submissions here, but recognize what types of movements are dangerous for your your training partner doing to you and for you doing on your own. And Mm -hmm. we talked about this in a previous episode, but explosive movements, you need to use those selectively. Like that's your entire especially if you're looking to train for longevity and you're not a competitor, like you should not spend five minutes being explosive. You might need explosive movements for three seconds twice in the round, but not for very long.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: All it really does is, uh, like we talked about in the last podcast, it's just, it's not even worth it. You know, it'll tire you out more to use those explosive movements And nine times out of ten, you're using it in a spot that can just injure someone. So,
0: right or
1: spots that don't require it at all.
0: Here's the thing too, and it's what movements are dangerous. If you are doing a knee cut pass and your your ankle is trapped and you're torquing your knee to try to finish the pass, Mm. don't do it. (laughs) It's not worth it.
1: There's other. We all look at. (laughs) Well, I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no there's definitely other like if if i'm going for a knee cut pass and my ankle's stopping there i can use my other leg mm-hmm. to free my own ankle i can back step to 411
0: mm-hmm. i
1: can chain in other guard passes in the past i i have uh maybe just gone a little too far with with the knee cut pass and d- <laughs> devoted it's too the much angle, though
0: it's 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 so disturbing. If your lower leg is in line with your upper leg, and and that's fine. It's when you're tw- that twisting motion that's putting pressure on your ACL that yeah, it's not good.
1: Once that once I figured out like that, I don't know. I I have I don't feel much pain when I do it. So you guys are like it's because the, the pain receptors
2: the li- don't exist. The ligaments <laughs> don't exist anymore. No. That's probably why. no. Just,
1: <laughs> no, it's I yeah. I'm okay, guys.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so number seven, uh, balance your short-term and long-term goals. doesn't matter if you're a competitor, hobbyist, whatever, but I I feel like everyone should have a short-term goal and a long-term goal. So your long-term goal might be to get to Black Belt someday or to be on a televised super fight someday or whatever that might be. But you also need to have short-term goals in your day-to-day training to keep you going, keep you motivated. Not necessarily like, oh, I need to train harder, I need to train more. But you need to have, like, checkpoints along the Mm -hmm. way that you can recognize progress. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get discouraged and and you need that, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: I feel like more often than not when jiu-jitsu practitioners are talking about these examples they always use um competitors as the as the main example when in reality like a lot of uh, there, you can have goals as a jiu-jitsu practitioner without it being competition so like for example yeah. maybe you started jiu without like in maybe you started jiu so you can lose weight and get in shape So, like, maybe your long-term goal is to get to a certain weight. Short-term goals should be, like, things that are going to help you get there while still keeping you.
0: Or it could be as simple as a a technique. Exactly. You want to, you know, say you are not successful with the triangle and you want to work the triangle. So your short-term goal is to hit. The triangle on a white belt and then your two-month goal is to hit the triangle against your fellow blue belts or on a high belt mm-hmm. or whatever and just make small goals that you can recognize your own progress in your own mind to see that you're progressing
1: or maybe like you want to improve your overall guard game like try to go certain roles without getting your guard pass that, that's mm-hmm. a yep. that's a setting. I do. I used to do this more than I do now, but setting certain goals for your roles or your nights of training, like for example, you want to work on a certain submission, going for that submission throughout your roles, or you want to work a position that you aren't as um, confident in is like some things you can do when you're training.
0: Number eight, listen to your body. So this kind of goes in with recovery and things like that. But I feel like you need to understand that jiu-jitsu, especially early on when you're a, a new and excited white belt, you've been training for six months, and you tweak an elbow or a knee or whatever it might be, it feels like sitting out for a week is like a lifetime. But you really need to take that time to recover, especially if you're a hobbyist and you, there's not a competition 10 days away or something like that. Take the time. Let that heal up. And come back when you're 100%. Absolutely come and watch class, but let your injuries heal and ease back in.
1: But also, like, as a a competitor, you have to realize the difference between being hurt and being injured. So, like, if you're making excuses to miss training because you're burning out or because you just don't want to train and you're being lazy, you need to understand, like, there's differences between like something hurting and something being injured
0: for sure w- with competitors. Um, I feel like I think Tom's Tom said this to me a couple, maybe a month ago now. He said he finally had to tell Bert that he had to take a day off cause he trained like 26 days in a row mm-hmm. or something like that. He's like, Bert, you're taking today off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you need time off. But you need to, if you're a competitor, you obviously need to, if the gym's open and you don't have prior commitments, you obviously need to be there. There's no reason Mm -hmm. not to. Um, Number nine, again, this is longevity in jiu-jitsu. Speaking from if you're a 40, 45, 50, 55-year-old guy is learn how to slow your opponents down. So... I feel like this is something that I do successfully. Guys like Greg, Kevin, Steve—they all succeed at. Is you're gonna you're gonna have that young, athletic, white and blue belt, and you need to find the effective ways to slow people down, so that you can roll safely, avoid injury, because what might not have ever injured you at 25 certainly could injure you at 45. <laughs> There's a difference for sure. Um next one is supplements, massage, chiropractic, just taking care of your body off the mats, I think is super important too.
1: Yeah, um a, a couple months ago I I couldn't like when I was training my my back was very like I was in a lot, a lot of pain to the point where like I I would go out to eat with my family and I literally couldn't even like sit in the chair without tearing up or like getting in my car and trying to drive home without like, um, it was just like one of the worst experiences ever. And I finally had the ability to go to a chiropractor. I know I'm not middle-aged and and this should not be happening (laughs) by now. This is
0: for anyone, not just (laughs) middle-aged. But,
1: um, going like, if you like chiropractors and getting everything in line and massages to keep your body healthy and feeling good and like it's super important uh, if I hadn't gone to a chiropractor or anything like that like I could have had a lot more injuries and I probably wouldn't be able to train at At that time I couldn't like train at all I couldn't invert I couldn't play guard my jiu-jitsu sucked my wrestling sucked So. <laughs> Definitely, keeping your body healthy and in shape is crucial to just overall happiness, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Well, like my biggest problem, I feel like, is uh, like knots, like in my back or shoulders or what have you. And it may not be an actual injury, but it sure does feel like one. And when you're trying to perform day to day things, it will like fatigue. Your mind, just as much as uh, it's fatiguing other
1: parts of your body. And I mean, if you're going throughout the day with like being in pain, it's not not normal. You're not looking for. It's not
0: gonna. You're not gonna last long term in jujitsu if if that's the case. And
1: I mean, even if you can't like afford like professional massages all the time, and get a massage gun. That's what exactly I was gonna say. Get a massage gun. They they work wonders. Amazing. Yeah. Like, it's. You can just literally have someone go on the area that whatever you have a knot in, and it's just... They it's,
0: they, they do work phenomenal. I obviously. mean, my
1: wrestling coach used to bring them to all of our meets, and everybody just passed it around. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> awesome.
2: My neck has been killing me for the past, since I started doing jujitsu, to be honest. And I, I never really... I, I'm too lazy to, to call the doctor, so I knew that wasn't gonna
1: happen. He, he still wants his mom to call for appointments. <laughs> but, I, you know,
2: once I really start thinking about it, I'm like, I try to have the most fluid, like roly-poly, uh, uh, fluid game I could possibly have, but I'm I'm large, okay? And being able, to do, <laughs> being able to do the things I want to do. You're the like,
0: smoothest blue belt that I think I've ever seen, though. Well, so.
2: Wanting to do the things that I want to do, like invert into leg locks and, and invert to retain guard, I have to realize that I'm putting a lot of strain on my neck, yep. being as big as I am. And I never considered the fact that maybe I should try to strengthen my neck. Right. And as soon as I started, I, I saw a knees over toes guy video talking about neck strengthening. As soon as I started implementing those things, I, I noticed like immediate improvement because my neck would hurt so bad to a point that like I wouldn't want to get out of bed. Yep. And it, it, And I knew, you know, if something's like broken or like like uh fractured or whatever you know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew mine wasn't that bad. No, it's it is, muscle it's hard soreness. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
1: yeah. hard to like tell sometimes like if this is like really bad or if you're like Yeah. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can live with this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like in the beginning of my my back problem thing, I would just like go throughout my day and get random horrific sharp pains in my back and I was like I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what this is, but and then it would happen, and then it would stop happening. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. But then it just kept going over and over again. I'm like, okay, this this isn't really normal. So. Well, part
0: of listening to your body is is being able to recognize whether it's an injury that you can work through or you oh. need to rest. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: I feel like that's super important too. Definitely. All right, so last one, guys, and then we'll wrap it up. I'll let Aiden touch on this one. This was an add-on for me, so it was supposed to be top ten ways to have longevity in jujitsu, and then I, ha- I had to add on on an eleventh thing. I feel like this is super important for everyone for longevity and just jujitsu in general, and that's to master the art of framing. Wait, why me? Ooh, you're the technique guru master. Oh, okay, All right. you want me to get into this? Let's get into framing.
2: Absolutely, man. All right, let's get into this. Okay. First off, fir- first thing that I want to drive in everyone's head when it comes to, uh, like, playing guard, okay? Do not let them control your head, okay? Absolutely. By using frames, you, you, you create a perfect distance where you're using uh, the bones in your body to, to keep them off of you, but you're also stopping them from controlling your head, Okay. When someone can control your head, they can control most of the movement in your body. Right. Okay? If you, can, if you have a curved spine and your head is curved forward, you can move your hips around. If your head is pressed down to the mat, you, can't, you, you really can't move successfully at all. You can't right. move your hips at all. Right. And by using frames, you're keeping the pressure off of you. Now, let's, let's not talk about uh, head control. Using frames is is allowing you to move allowing you to move doesn't necessarily like the head may control a lot of your movement, but like controlling just specifically your hips is one way to limit movement and if we can use our legs as frames to stop them from touching our hips and, and controlling your hips, then that's excellent. Framing is something that is equally as useful from top and bottom yep. okay Framing can be Framing can also be called a wedge. By wedging your opponent's hips in place, you limit them from moving.
0: Okay? And you you conserve energy too by yeah. using wedges to hold someone down as opposed to pressure.
1: You know, I feel like framing is one of the most overlooked but most fundamental techniques you could mm-hmm. ever possibly learn. Overlooked by white belts and sometimes by high belts.
0: For the record, Tom de has an amazing framing instructional Yes,
2: he's
1: like Facts. the best
0: framer ever, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
1: I mean, with with an impassable guard, you you have to have amazing frames.
0: It also, I feel like, from a longevity in jujitsu standpoint, like if you've got a big, strong, young, aggressive white or blue belt on top of you, mm-hmm. if you have really good frames, you can take a second and breathe. Mm-hmm. You can take a second and calm down it's because you're using your
2: bones to keep someone off of you as opposed to your the the bending like muscles right
1: you're not using any energy when you're framing you're using like your brain to be honest like
0: it's it's those shins from the guard it's the forearms there's so many areas where you can frame and buy yourself time and space and, and make your life That being so much said, easier.
1: when you're in dominant positions, you need to be able to figure out how to shut down frames to prevent people from escaping. Yep. By like pinning arms or however it may be, but mm-hmm. you have to be able to shut down the beginning Ma'am, of any escape.
2: If you're trying to pass someone's half guard, if you don't control their head and shoulders and get past their frames, then you probably will never pass anyone's half card. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly.
0: Yep. All right, guys, well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on the podcast this last couple of episodes. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Thanks for listening.
1: See you guys, thank Thanks, you. Guys.
0: Remember, you don't need to move fast. You simply need to move forward. Life presents all of us different obstacles. It's easy to give up. However, get up, smile, and put one foot in front of the other. Everything works out. I promise you. Tom Blas.